Welcome back, everyone. What's up? I didn't ask if you could. I didn't ask if you could hear us. Fine, you can hear us. Good. I can. Great. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> another stellar opening. Um, we have uh, <laughs> we have a special guest in the house tonight. Um, we have Pool House. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. I'm like super happy to be here. And I'm <laughs> thinking about the first time you had me on like a year ago. I think I sat patiently and quietly for like 15 full minutes because I like didn't know if I should talk or not <laughs> during the intro. And it's like, so, what, how, what a difference a year makes, you know what I mean? It was about exactly a year ago. It was. Happy anniversary Crazy. to us, guys. Yeah. Happy anniversary. We've known each other a year now. It was a big deal. I um, It was fateful. It still feels fateful. And it was really funny the way I remembered that that was the anniversary was just by a chance. I happened to be listening to an old episode of, of my show with, with A for something, and I uh, heard me talking about it. And I was like, wait, that was around now. And it was. It was in November. So, Yeah, it was roughly, roughly you know. Um, how are you doing tonight, Pool House? I'm doing good. Thursday is like kind of the best day of the week, I feel like. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling ready for like an expedition, an, an adventure. <laughs> I'm excited too. Why don't you uh, pl- plug yourself and your pod at the top? I should. Okay. Uh, I am DJ Poolhouse. You can find me at the podcast. Uh, Here comes the backlash. That's backlash with two Ks. Um, go to my website, uh, backlash with two Ks, B-A-C-K-K-L-A-S-H.org. And you can find my podcast and like my Twitter and maybe another Twitter and also uh, other shows. Cause I'm doing, I should also plug. I was there. It's like a radio show I do with Oso Blanco every couple weeks. It's every other Sunday, 4 PM Pacific on x.com it's uh it's fun so check it out it is really cool it's really bringing back a live radio and (laughs) since we never say it at the top you can find us at substack we have paywalled episodes now so good for you and uh you can find us there what is our how do we how do they get to our substack (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's just thoughtsprayers.substack.com yeah, uh, but it should be linked in the episode or whatever in the notes, and yeah. But uh, and you, you'll get four bonus apps at this point, right? Nice. I, I have no idea. It's yeah, it's something four, five, six, something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's good stuff, and yeah, it's kind of cool for the bonus ones because like since those are behind the paywall, I mean, not that we really like couch our takes in in any episodes (laughs) but when you know it's only for the real ones you know like you can kind of um yeah uh, you need to do a shit talking episode behind the paywall that's what a is is especially sexy in the paywall (laughs) (laughs) well yeah no no i i I honestly i i felt i started like making that connection when we went on basil's show and i was like oh only the people that like really fuck with basil are going to be listening to this so like we can just literally say whatever (laughs) yeah i felt that way too probably to my detriment um we (laughs) We uh, we were um, 
what was I going to say? Uh, I think we, you know, Pool House, we, sh- I sh- we should do a paywall shit-talking episode because I feel like I've been so noble through all the shit talking about me and it it would be nice to it would be nice to just do an episode where i really let loose you know put those hot topics in a microwave and nuke them you know what i mean (laughs) real pizza hours i don't know (laughs) i feel like it's a good idea yeah that's a that's a you have great ideas you that's why i love your both your live show and backlash because um yeah you 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 have an ear for radio. Um, but we will say the N-word on your um, your paywalled episode. And just, to, yeah, there we go. There you go. The sneak preview, fam. So next I did time it for Basil. I'll, I'll do it yeah. for you. <laughs> and, uh, and I just wanted to, to kind of uh, boost Pool House's stuff because it's it's really good show. But even aside from the actual show, for every episode, you've got like crazy like show notes and like Ooh. links to sources and and music and like all kinds of shit. Yeah, it's very it's very entertaining. It's much more high class than ours. There's tons of musical wow. breaks with well selected uh, music and. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Your show is not a low class. I feel like I say it all the time. Your show is like a flagship, uh, a network flagship. As like, you know, I'm starting a, a TV network and eventually this will be like the primetime like new show. You guys will be driving the conversations, you know, from Pool House TV. <laughs> primetime, <laughs> hard hitting. Yeah. It's like yeah. the view, but like at night and one straight and one gay. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of all gay. Um. Anyway, that was a joke about the view. <laughs> Never mind. I, hate, um, I hate the view so much. I just can I just say I'm sorry. Whoopi too. really makes me mad. I don't even know what she did this week, but she definitely makes me like. It's yeah, shocking. Disappointed in Whoopi. It's shocking. She's not gay. Really, truly. Um. But we should jump into the the meaty stuff because it's it's late for me. So I wanna I wanna um I wanna get to I wanna hear all the good stuff. Yeah. So we enlisted. Captain Poolhouse to take us on an expedition to south of the border or potentially <laughs> to to the edges of the world, I guess, the literal edges of the world, um, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I honestly have no idea what's in store for us. So. <laughs> yeah, I actually am. I'm bad. Like I was like kind of like a this time where I really did not read a lot about it. I know from stuff that you have shared with me, we're talking about Antarctica. <laughs> we're talking about it like it's we haven't even said it yet. Um, but uh, we're talking about Antarctica and the lost continent. Um, and all I know about it is from you, Poolhouse, actually already because you've already shared with me um i don't remember when or in what maybe a time i was on backlash or another time you've told me a lot about antarctica so i've like googled it and i've seen like pictures of like those expeditions they don't want you to see and so i've seen like little bits of like what maybe you're gonna uh then nasa going to antarctica and getting moon rocks there yeah you told us about that and maybe you're the one who made me watch this documentary about aliens that were inside antarctica or something but if that wasn't that wasn't (laughs) (laughs) i did i did like a half asleep days watch a documentary that i'm almost positive you recommended to me so anyway uh i don't know how you want to structure it we're kind of letting you lead the show i guess i'm captain admiral i don't know what's higher is it a captain or like admiral i don't know but i will take uh i guess i'll take the reins that seems crazy wait what (laughs) we're pussies we weren't in the military 
Well, okay. So, so you mentioned the show notes earlier. A, I create some for this program, I guess you can say, because we can share out this like, I guess Wikipedia. Yes. Oh my god, that <laughs> was insane. Poolhouse made this like literal like full website database. We have got like, you covered for sure. No, I think we should give it to the listeners because I think it's good uh, in the sense there's a lot of material in here. I think it'll help us with this uh, program tonight. And I also think it's um, just you, you should share information, right? I think everyone should be uh, collecting things, uh, keeping copies of it, and then also like use archive backup things. Don't forget to backup websites and like uh, compile them because I was. When I first started to think about Antarctica with like you guys, I was like, "Yeah, I know like a lot about Antarctica, I guess, but I didn't really even know like how big this was. This is like the biggest conspiracy of all time. I feel like in some ways, we're, like the mother of all conspiracies. Uh, there's just so many different um, like layers to it. I think in a lot of ways, and so I think it's like it's useful, to, right? Just to, like jot things down and and then like share that information. So I guess we can uh, we can use that as our charter." <laughs> Yeah, and we'll 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 put this on the Substack, of course. So, and I remember one thing. I don't even know. It, it might have been on a previous episode of ours or on your own podcast. I can't remember, but where you were talking about how like it's like there's this just weird sort of unspoken agreement that like no one's gonna like colonize or like set up any type of society mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. it's like what other situation is there where there's just this unclaimed landmass that actually seems to have like lots of resources and minerals and shit like that. Totally. No one's, no one's really in- expressing any interest in it. So yeah, that's the one thing too. Yeah. I would say uh, there's definitely cooperation. I think there is definitely a lot of interest in it and there's definitely a lot of colonization, I guess, of it now because there's, and I didn't realize how many like stations there are in Antarctica and like underground yeah, it has- cities. It has a, a, a population now. Yeah, they have COVID problems. I remember they had like a COVID <laughs> outbreak, <laughs> which is hilarious. It was a bunch of vaccinated people in uh, Antarctica getting COVID. And it was like <laughs> kind of, uh, it was kind of a red flag. It was surprising to me. More people didn't catch that one. But yeah, no, you're totally right. I think that the story of Antarctica, for me, it is the story of like the science, like what we call like the science TM like after kind of going through this research and kind of trying to put it together, like that is my biggest takeaway is like, there is something very, uh, there's some kind of deception with Antarctica. It's not what it seems is my opinion based on what I have done in this research. There is definitely a lot of cooperation. It's not unspoken. I guess I should say there is a treaty called the Atlantic or the Antarctic treaty, um, which is, insane and it's a its own rabbit hole it's an international treaty so it's like an example of international law which is this very kind of new concept right we don't have a lot of like international law so it kind of signals kind of like maybe a little bit of a global government kind of or a global cooperation um there's there's a lot to it there but to me the science is like the science tm is the story it's like a brotherhood of cooperation it's like a cabal it goes back like at least 100 years of like research in antarctica of kind of coordinating messaging around like what this continent is and what they're discovering there, sharing their research. And it really reminds me of things like that we hear about with like COVID where they're like sharing their like um, kind of like, you know, bat research or whatever their virus research with like the Wuhan lab. Um, You hear about it in like AIDS research with like the Soviet union kind of working with like these kind of, I don't know, cancer researchers in the seventies and doing kind of sus stuff there. They do it for Antarctica too. And it's kind of like the mother of all the sciences to me. I think it's like where the whole, whatever's going on with that, kind of thing we call the science it's rooted in, in antarctica i think 
Well, the just to clarify, like the official narrative, we're going to obviously get into like what we really think is going on, but the official narrative is that there's something like 1,300 to 5,000 seasonal population on Antarctica that's all scientists. So it's actually, the official narrative is that it's like the land of science, TM, mm-hmm. um, that the only people that go there are people that are there for research purposes from a variety of countries. Totally. No, totally. It is. Uh, and there's like, this weird, like, $20,000 cruises you can take where you, like, just get to, like, stare at it from the boat or whatever. It and also, it. Doesn't it also kind of play into, like, the global warming stuff of, like, how it's melting and raising mm-hmm. the oceans and shit like that? Totally. Global warming and also kind of the virus thing, too, because there's a lot of, like, microorganism research. And yeah. even Peter Hotez was on the news just, like, yesterday or on my timeline saying that there's going to be a big pandemic and it can come from global warming, from melting ice caps where, I guess, <laughs> ancient viruses live and they will come and give you AIDS or whatever. So beware. Um, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> – maybe AIDS came from Antarctica. Who knows? But I do think that, uh, yeah, you're totally right that there's just, like, this element of climate change, uh, like, kind of a United Nations – um, and it goes back to the International Polar Year. Um, I don't know if you, either of you have heard of this. I had kind of maybe heard of it a little bit, but I had heard of like International Geophysical Year. Are you familiar with that at all? Only from the song by Donald Fagan on his um, album, uh, what is the Nightfly? It's called IGFY. It yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm totally lost. I haven't heard of any. <laughs> right. Okay, so there's this weird thing. It is a weird concept. So it's called International Geophysical Year. Um, I've heard of it in like, I guess like science class, maybe it's I thought that took place in 1957. Uh, I thought it was, I don't know what I thought it was. I just heard of it, right? It's essentially like a consortium or kind of like um, a cooperation. It's like a not even a convention because it doesn't take place in one place, but it's basically like a brand that these scientists kind of like put together and they're like, it's the international geophysical year. And, um, and that kind of just means like, we're going to do all these activities kind of researching the ionosphere, uh, Antarctica, um, space kind of to a, a degree sort of, but it really looks to me like there are these narrative coordination sessions. It's about everyone getting their story straight on certain topics uh, involving the science and uh, the, this one took place in 1957. It actually goes a year and a half. Every one of these they do is not one year. It's a year and a half because they're monitoring some kind of like um, solar slash like electromagnetic kind of activity that, that's taking place at certain times in like the polar regions. So during this period, they've kind of identified it's going to be like really good to research. And that's like the official the official narrative uh, down in Antarctica. And it's really important also that all the different countries get together, like China and Russia and America and like everybody who hates each other is going to work together scientifically to research like what's going on, I guess, ostensibly at the poles and polar regions. Um, and they, I don't know, they do this in 1957 from July 1st to the end of 1958. So it's a year and a half. So it's really confusing they call it a year but it's not a year it's like a year and a half it's weird right and it's just to me um i don't know you can start to look into there's a lot of films about the one in 57 uh it's kind of like where a lot of like the official kind of um official narratives around science kind of emerge from this and to me it seems very much linked to project paperclip as well which i don't know if you're familiar with that but that's kind of like the nazi uh science program in the united states after And 
Did, did do you you guys were good, right? Yeah, we were fine. Okay, good. Um, wait, I have a, I was asking a question a lot. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Nineteen fifty-seven. Um, that's the middle of the or like the beginning of the Cold War, right? Basically, yes. Um, so it's post like Korea War. It is. It is essentially yeah. It's the it's the Cold War. It's also I guess kind of like the Red Scare period. But yeah, the world, the Cold War is definitely underway. If not, um starting right then it's definitely been going on you know for a period of time and was that also around the time when they formed when they started nasa nasa comes out of the international geophysical year it's like part of it um it's also i think this is kind of important maybe later (laughs) in some of my crazy theories they discover what's known as the van allen van allen radiation belt which is i guess this like radiation field kind of around the planet that they they identified it's somehow connected with like uh, the ionosphere and polar activity. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. There's a lot of things that come out of the, yeah, the space program or whatever, uh, the kind of this research into like things that really impact, I would say telecommunications. Cause it's a lot of stuff about how like uh, frequencies like kind of travel across like our planet. Um, and it turns out like this like weird international geophysical year. It's not the first time they did it. They did it in 1932 uh, and also 1883, and those okay, ways. Wait, 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 I'm, I'm already confused. I'm, I'm probably sorry. sorry. I'm probably going to do this a lot. So what? Okay. What, do you, what do you mean they did it? Like, okay, yes. So they organized uh, essentially a bunch, a set of activities uh, concentrated around research in the polar regions, and they called it the International uh, Geophysical okay. Year. What's confusing about the science? I think the science TM is there's a lot of like all small agencies and organizations and institutes and, and universities. And it's like this huge network, right? And so it, it's hard to kind of identify uh, who exactly did it. I think I do have it written down in, in my research where they um, essentially kind of just decide we all need to work together. People lobbied for it. And there was like government funding kind of underwriting it. Um, I think this one was in like cooperation with like United Nations. So it's kind of just, it's weird because there's no like event. There's no like central uh organizing activity it's like kind of hey we're all going to kind of raise awareness around this topic and we're going to do a bunch of research together under this kind of banner and it kind of provides a pretext for funding uh, for a lot of activities for uh geology like uh climate research and like space program type research yeah and it seems like it seems like kind of if not its purpose i i couldn't say necessarily but its outcome was to among other things, was to kind of generate a consensus, as you were saying, about some of these, like, about, like, what outer space is. And, you know, like, just some get kind of bring these ideas, like, more solidly, like, into the public consciousness and, and stuff like that. As in they hadn't decided how far out space is, things like that. Is that what you mean, literally? 
So I think, okay, so I think, let me back out, I guess, a little bit. So I think what they were deciding on is kind of whatever's going on at the polar regions, that whatever's going on in Antarctica, and specifically whatever's going on between Nazi Germany and Antarctica, <laughs> which sounds a little bit crazy, but right before this activity happens, right, you have World War II, and, um, and the Nazis, you know, have this, like, robust like space program or a science program, right? Um, they did a lot of like really crazy experiments, and they the Nazis did uh, an expedition to not to Antarctica. Like in nineteen like thirty seven, they actually founded a colony. They called it New Swabia. They were they went down to Antarctica, um, and so the post war period, there's a lot of activity uh, that happens after that that kind of suggests that maybe uh, the Nazis had a base in Antarctica, which sounds crazy, but um, I don't know. There's it's possible right it's possible that the nazis could have established that they did have submarines they did get down there and they did establish something um the kind of really far out piece is that maybe there's something down there or some things down there that they kind of like engaged with that maybe gave them technology or like advanced beings lost civilization etc etc uh that something happened there with the nazis and those Antarcticans, those ice people, whatever it is down there. Uh, and that's what kind of is being covered up in this like bland, weird, confusing scientific activity that they're calling International Geophysical Year. And then subsequently, NASA, right? This big space program, perhaps as part of this cover up. Uh, the idea that maybe it's like, yeah, some kind of not what we think, like, I don't know, either a connection to uh, UFOs or like underground worlds, etc. You know, like just something bigger than what we've been told i'm reading about that i guess the conspiracy theory is that not high up nazi officials are surviving there from the use of hot springs which is kind of like funny to think about like there's like a nazi country that's just like thriving in antarctica <laughs> <laughs> so it's possible right so where do you hear about not always going right is argentine or argentina right they all go down to like south america uh that's doc documented right there was like a lot of like nazis that escaped to ironically the jews and the nazis flooded into argentina mm -hmm. interesting well i don't know yeah argentina is very close to antarctica right yeah. so it is kind of like a not a huge leap like literally to get to antarctica from there especially knowing there were networks of like nazis that fled um there were also networks of nazis that came to the united states and they worked for like the government they worked right. for like um, nasa and such you know um i don't know do you know about like project paperclip have you heard of like that yeah we've actually i think we actually talked with you about this at one point but yes we're aware <laughs> of or at least I know A and I are both aware of that whole thing. So like a bunch of Nazis basically get hired by the United States and they get secretly brought into our country. And they did a lot of like continuation of whatever like Nazi science they were working on before, uh, you know, in Nazi Germany, they kind of kept the programs going under new kind of guises, like things like NASA or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like Werner von Braun is like the really famous example. He was like a, a rocket scientist. And he uh, was uh, formerly a Nazi. And there's like a lot of other uh, examples. And I guess the big main kind of dominant conspiracy theory is that these people, uh, these Nazis kind of encountered some kind of advanced technology that kind of helped them with their rocketry, with uh, maybe some of the space program type stuff later, um, maybe with telecommunications and like lasers and things like that. Because there's a large uh, acceleration of technology uh, in that period too, right? We go from like the 30s to like the 40s, 50s after the war where you've like TV and mass communication and you have uh, new weapons of war, H-bomb and, and whatnot, or atomic bomb and stuff, you know? So a lot of things just kind of change there, like robotics, 
there's this like theory that maybe a lot of that was kind of provided to the Nazis uh, by whatever is in Antarctica, and that this Project Paperclip was kind of like an extension of that or a cover up, um, and that the yeah, these things like these scientist programs are kind of like the front face or kind of like the, like, uh, yeah, the organizing kind of like body that kind of is there to kind of manage the story in a lot of ways about whatever they found down there. Because much like space, like with uh, conversations about space, like we have to rely on a very small number of people for all of the information about what we know about what Antarctica is like. Because even when you visit there as a tourist, you're not really like spending time there going onto the continent. It's, it's a pretty limited experience, right? And then, I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about this, but I've heard people kind of making references to, like, even in recent times, like, prominent politicians or political figures, like, making weird trips to Antarctica, you know, mm-hmm. at sort of interesting times and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, John Kerry goes there in, I think, 2016. Mm-hmm. A, a bunch of people go there in, like, the... I think 2016 was a really peak year. And it also does seem like that in history, right? There's a lot of, like, these peak periods where a lot of people are doing stuff on the polls. I, I think, like... <laughs> I think they're, like, renegotiating a contract or treaty with... I'm going to call them the ICE people, I guess. Like, they're, they're going down and they're doing things, like, with these, like, the ICE people. I don't know. I don't think it's far-fetched to think, um, A, that there could be yeah existing creatures down there that we don't know about that were maybe frozen under the ice or or whatever like polar expeditions are only as recent as really like the 19th century right so for most of humankind people didn't even know there was an antarctica it was like speculated about for many many centuries you know it wasn't until really recently that we even knew what the polar like regions were like well and then there's other well go ahead q wasn't there a famous expedition where someone came back and claimed there was ruins there of like an ancient civilization and things like that? Wasn't that a big thing? Like a British explorer or something? Um, so there's a few things. There's like a guy named like Lord Shackleton. I don't know if he said anything about, I don't know if he said anything about a civilization, but he was very impacted by it. Like everybody who goes there and spends time is like really transformed by it and like has like really eloquent things to say. Even Lord, the singer, like Lord L O R D E, she went to Antarctica for like I don't know, she's obsessed with it and she's a pop singer. So she got to go to Antarctica and spent a week there and like wrote a whole essay about it. And I published a book actually recently about Antarctica. Uh, I guess it inspired her recent album or something, um, which was kind of strange. It felt kind of PR and oppy and reminded me of Lizzo going to the moon. It was like, well, mm. if, if Lord went to Antarctica, then Lizzo can definitely go like, to the moon. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I, I just think, yeah, I, I forget what your question was. I got distracted by Lord. I, I thought there was some like famous person who came back and said that he had found oh, okay. ruins. Or even like photos. I've seen like photos. Yeah, I've seen, I've of, seen photos yeah. of like what looks like Greek ru- ruin type things. I think those are like disinfo because there are, there is something, mm. I think we did talk about this a little bit and there are some, okay, there's footage of like these ruins or whatever, right? There's also like a fake diary of Admiral Byrd and he's like super mm. important. This guy, Admiral Byrd, um, is like a U.S. Uh, like Navy guy. He went to the polls like four times. Like he went. He's a huge like uh, ex- expeditionist, I guess. Expeditioner. He was like totally obsessed. Like he he believed it was his calling it was to be the first guy basically to go to like the South Pole and the North Pole. And he 
did a number of uh, expeditions, some funded by the Rockefellers. The first ones were actually privately funded by the Rockefellers, like in the 30s and, and 20s. Then he did these ones for the U.S. Navy, including Operation High Jump, which is like the kind of important part of, I guess, the like that theory, what you're kind of talking about. Because he went down there right after World War II in 1946, and it was supposed to be for scientific research, but they brought 4,000 like Navy sailors with them. Um, and it kind of seems like there was like reports that they basically like had some kind of uh, military encounter possibly in Antarctica, you know, possibly with like this Nazi like breakaway faction that was down operating in like the South Pole region. Um, and he made these weird comments. He went down there again in the 50s too. And he was talking about the land beyond the poles and like uh, the threat that exists beyond the poles, um, kind of kind of indicating that maybe there is like... The Antarctica is like Antarctica is a gateway somehow to something, or that there's some kind of other region. He describes like in this interview I watched this like he says there's a country bigger than the United States, basically like beyond the polar region. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of like weird, but it's almost like implying that maybe there is yeah like a connection to either other worlds through Antarctica or maybe like some kind of. I don't know, like a celestial kingdom. I don't know. It's very mythical. It's strange to hear, but he's like a very serious, incredible guy who was just really uh, compelled to do these expeditions and also kind of like, um, I don't know, like seems to have encountered, I don't know, led a military exercise against Nazis after World War II supposedly ended. I know this all sounds really crazy. I'm starting well, to realize. <laughs> well, I, I've also seen another thing I've seen is like, in some like old maps like i don't know if they're like maybe renaissance era or something like that there there will be maps that show antarctica and then there it'll show actually like continents like on the other like beyond antarctica um yes that's kind of getting to like what i may be trying to explain but not doing a good job is like, it, no you're doing a good job you are not yeah. flat earth but yeah there's like essentially other worlds beyond our like known world like there's like our world and then there's somehow like this other world that kind of like transcends our common materialistic i guess understanding of a planet like even when we don't think about the planet being a globe everyone's like oh it's flat earth and that's still kind of just like reducing into a physical shape and i think uh, to kind of understand maybe where admiral bird what he's kind of talking about and what other people at that time were kind of trying to i think explain is you have to relax your mind a little bit i guess about what the world can be and it's kind of like this it's almost like this like kind of like dimensional thing like you get to the poles which is very magnetic right it's like you can't even really use a lot of like uh, instruments and, and technology when you get super close to the poles because they have this like abundance of electromagnetic energy they're like kind of hitting them um somehow that that is the place where you can sort of access this next ring of the world or this outer world that has other continents where other people live maybe breakaway nazis fled there who knows like who knows maybe there's all these myths right in kind of uh ancient civilizations of um or of, in cultures of like ancient like lost civilizations like hyperborea um kind of like atlantis sort of but agartha like these ideas of these underground worlds or these worlds that are like part of our world but kind of beyond them sort of and it's it's pretty metaphysical so it is hard to kind of like explain uh or even really perceive but almost just that this idea that somehow through this like polar gateway uh these worlds are kind of accessed but, you know, and like just to even I don't know, like people now like to think that we're so smart. We've got it all figured out. You know, we we've mapped the whole world. It's on Google Maps, you know, but it's like 
the the Europeans thought that you know before they discovered the what is now known as the New World, you know, was like this whole other mm-hmm. like thing that you know. So it's not like totally insane to me. I and mean, I think like part of the part of the reason that um, it is like such a entrenched idea of like oh we know what the whole Earth is and it is like this globe and it's floating in space blah blah. It's all it is like it's central to the whole like the science tm like ideology mm-hmm. that- well, that's what i was that's what i was going to say that's what they have now is they can claim that we've like left the earth and looked back mm-hmm. so we know mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the you know that's like that's the ultimate thing they think mm-hmm. they that's the slam dunk yeah but again we rely on that information from like a handful of people right about space about um i don't know i who we I know like, have like lied about tons of stuff you know <laughs> so <laughs> oh, wait, i, I want to hear the i want to hear more about this because it's it's just fun to think about but like you're so you were said you had you wanted to bring us like a delulu theory is this I, do, I guess this okay so i guess my theory i have a theory i have a prediction i guess it's kind of around this uh antarctica stuff but Okay, I don't know. So I think that the I think that the polar region could be populated by some kind of I don't know guardian, some kind of like race, right? Like some sort of like proto kind of maybe a giant race. Like in the Bible, they talk about having giants, right? Like the, in Genesis, it says there were like giants in in the yeah, the Nephilim. Exactly. So maybe like this, like maybe this Antarctica is not even. How do I explain this? It is not just like the South Pole. It's not like just like a continent. Like that. essentially, it's um, it is yeah. It is like kind of the, the ring around like our realm, around our world. It's like an ice wall. It's, it, so it's yeah. when Admiral Byrd went down there, they were supposed to circumnavigate uh, Antarctica. They were supposed to sail completely around it and and kind of map it out. And they weren't able to do it. They went for miles and miles and miles, like twelve thousand miles, way farther than they thought it was gonna, um, longer than it was gonna take them. And it just kept going. And I think like. It makes you wonder, like, okay, is is it an ice ring, first of all, like, kind of encircling us? And, like, so the polar regions are essentially, like, part of the same thing. Like, the North Pole and the South Pole, it, it's, like, one land, essentially, kind of encircling us instead of just being, like, at the top or bottom, the way we kind of normally perceive it. Uh, and that, that <laughs> I don't know, so you, you get down there, and that ring is kind of like, that's the firmament, right? The firmament kind of protects this ice wall, which is, uh, in the Bible, you know, it says that God kind of separates the heavens, which would be, like, these other worlds from the earth which would be our world and puts the firmament kind of in between them and i've always kind of like wondered like what that is and I, it's, i've seen it drawn as like a kind of like a dome you know which is kind of makes sense um but i don't think it's like glass i'm like i think it's like radiation i think it's kind of like an energy force field uh that kind of like protects the earth kind of protects our world or separates it from the heavens which i think is like kind of like the ocean <laughs> essentially i think that like the oceans kind of like are connected to the, the heavens and there's these waters uh and it, i don't know in the bible it talks about like yeah the spirit world or spirits being kind of watery in substance so it's like those waters are separated uh inside of our realm by this force field this radiation <laughs> that is what they call the van ellen belt like in 1957 like during this like kind of international geophysical year they kind of say they discovered this Thing, and it has to do with like astronauts and it, well, the amount of radiation they're going to kind of like experience going in and out of the atmosphere. But I think it's actually kind of the amount that they'll feel 
penetrating this force field that kind of surrounds the world, that kind of keeps people inside of our realm uh, as kind of intended. And <laughs> this is pretty good, so I guess, but in the Bible also it says, right, that like uh, when Adam and Eve get kicked out of heaven or whatever, they're like locked out of this paradise situation, God locks it up and he seals it with a cherub, an angel that has like two flaming swords that are kind of like circling each other. And that's like this force field, this barrier that's keeping uh, people out of heaven uh, or, or paradise, right? So like maybe Antarctica is the edge of paradise, the edge of like Eden. It is sealed off by this like force field or like energy field that's like the flaming swords and the twin swords are like the two poles of the planet. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> and then if you look at like a, like there's kind of i don't know like illustrations of the van allen belts there are actually like two kind of mm. curved layers that they mm. describe mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting yeah mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's my theory and that I guess my other theory would be that then whoever's at Antarctica's edge there could be a lot of things but maybe that it's possible that they did give us the technology I will say this I think they go down to Antarctica to negotiate something the, it's really interesting. These international polar years, one of them was triggered because there was a lot of problems happening with like radio communications and like uh, just telecommunications that they had in the 1930s. And they wanted to get together to kind of discuss it because there was something going on basically with the ionosphere. And I wonder if there's just something there in Antarctica, some kind of lost uh, ancient civilization or, or technology that kind of helps people uh, maintain the mass communication grid. Because the mass communication grid is the single most important instrument for maintaining like a total world order, a technocracy. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything, right? Like they need their propaganda. They need like the ability to electronically kind of disseminate information and control people. And without that, they have nothing. And if there's these like solar like flares or whatever, there's an activity that's kind of disrupting their communications or could take their grid down, then that would be really problematic for like technocrats, right? For people trying to globally control the world. And maybe something down there, like when they go down there every so often, it's to kind of, and when I say go down there, I guess, I mean, have these kind of uh, concentrated efforts, like international polar year or whatever, or 2016, where they, they go down there a lot. They're like negotiating some kind of treaty to keep their like... <laughs> This sounds so crazy to keep their communication grid running to keep whatever helps them uh, keep it going because that is where you would go to if you wanted to protect your communication grid from some sort of like impact by solar activity or cosmic flares or whatever i guess that's pretty crazy i guess but that is my uh, extension of that theory well another thing that i've heard of and and this is like very like there's a wikipedia page it, it exists but and i think this is actually the north pole but is um like weather modification right mm-hmm. what like like harp is like h-a-a-r-p is like a like a some kind of it, so it allows them to like manipulate the ionosphere and, mm-hmm. and when the, yeah the first thing i saw when i googled allen belt just now is like the one of the things they have on there is on the wikipedia page is proposed removal which I'm like, <laughs> that seems like really sketchy. Like, I'm like proposed removal. That's so Bill Gates. Like, why? Well, like, let's just get rid of that fucking Van Allen belt so we can take over like the outer worlds, like the heavens. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think 
I, I found this really crazy book that I just found uh, referenced by like Mae Russell, who actually I should reference Mae Russell really quick. She's like this uh, conspiracy researcher from the 70s and 80s. I probably have talked about her on this program even before, but she's kind of known as like, the queen of conspiracies. Like she, she was a really thorough researcher. She came up with all the shit that we're talking about today and, and every day, like every conspiracy. <laughs> she was on top of it a long time ago. Um, she had these programs uh, on her radio show in like the 80 period like 82 she talks about antarctica during the falklands war which is like when um britain was kind of having this conflict with argentine she always calls it argentine so i started calling it argentine <laughs> she has this conflict with argentine and uh and the, the uk they, they kind of fight over these islands and these islands are the falklands and they're really uh right off the coast of antarctica but or off of argentina but if you look at it from a map like look at it not from like the normal orientation but just kind of slide it the other way they're really close to antarctica they're not a far away from Antarctica at all, like distance-wise. And I think that they're kind of uh, an important or crucial piece of geography because they are like, yeah, they're probably the like outpost or the kind of like last stopping ground for a lot of the activity or like just like shipping and stuff to Antarctica, which they must have a lot of. They have entire bases and cities down there. And I, I know she asked questions on her program, like how do they power these bases down there? How do they get fresh water? Uh, <laughs> do they have desalination plants? Like how do you get you know, like, how do you power these cities of thousands of thousands of people in this region that's so inhospitable, you know, that we were saying no one can live there but them, but they're able to kind of do all this work down there easily. Um, I don't know. It, it seems plausible. Uh, and she references this book that just has, it's really far out. I know it was crazy to, to encounter. And I, I don't know, I hesitate to almost extrapolate, but essentially the idea is that beyond those worlds, are the other planets like, like that those what are what those worlds are kind of in that outer ring like in that kind of uh, diagram that you were talking about a it's like those continents are kind of like mars and like jupiter or whatever right like you're <laughs> essentially walk there uh so may brussel is m-a-e uh brussel like brussels sprouts we I, we should do a show on her sometimes because she's really fascinating yeah, she's starting to get, like, a lot how do you spell her first name um she's from like uh Monterey, she passed oh away. She died four days before I was born. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Cute. <laughs> on the episode, no, cute. On the episode, she mentioned Vacaville in the Antarctica, one of the ones I was listening to because she was covering stuff of the day. Wow. And she was talking about, because like, she was on top of like, all of this, I'm telling you. Uh, and she mentioned Vacaville, which was really interesting. Yeah, um, she died at Carmel by the Sea, one of my favorite places. Not that old. Wonder if they got her with the cancer ray. Well, I will. She was. Uh, she died. She was investigating the Presidio daycare scandal, which is a, a story that happened in San Francisco with a, basically a satanic panic, quote unquote. Yeah, story. That, Michael that, Aquino. That's, that's all up in Program to Kill. That whole. Thing. Yeah. Do you know Michael Aquino? Right. That's like the yeah. U.S. Navy guy. Right? Yeah. So that's what she was reporting on. Like fucking like really oh, good, wow. crazy. And then she she passed away right at that time, unfortunately. So R.I.P. May. Uh, but she's like the first place I ever heard of. Like any like serious like research into like Antarctica and she was hitting all this project paperclip connections to like the Reagan administration, you know, at the time, like the research and the good thing about her program, it's a lot of information. There's so many episodes and there's, she has a lot of data that she's kind of regurgitating, but you hear these like snippets of like book titles or articles that are kind of like almost lost. Like you can find them still, but they're not really like as widely known. You have to kind of hunt them down, but they're really good tidbits. Uh, and that's where I heard that. This, this book that she referenced um, that describes, yeah, they, how you could like essentially walk to Mars via uh, via the poles. Wow. 
Good for her. I mean, I'm glad someone's out there doing that. Um, so, okay. I'm trying to think of where to even go through here. I'm like processing all this information. It's a lot. And I still have a prediction too. We don't have to hit it just yet, but I, um, I have to drop that one on you too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Why don't, well, I guess us, why don't you tell us the prediction? Because I can't even come up with like a good follow up <laughs> question. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, um, okay. I mean, it's, it's I really. Think- I'm gonna be honest. It's really fun to think about. Like, my mind is sort of like activated in the way it is, like with childlike wonder. Um, so I, I'm enjoying thinking about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a lot, you know. Even the word, okay, I have a question for you guys before I do my my prediction, because Antarctica, it's, I remember it being called Antarctica. I swear that's what we just said. <laughs> and it like, I don't know if it's kind of like officially Mandela effect, but even the word Arctic, like what, that word is really interesting to me because it's kind of officially comes from um, a Greek word like Arctos, meaning bear, because of like the great, uh, what is it? The Great Bear, Ursa Major, is like this constellation where the the, the pole star the north is uh, is located. So it's like Arctos, but it's A R K T O S, right? And I think there's like an etymological connection to things like the the Ark of the Covenant or Noah's Ark. Like it's really mm. interesting to me. Like what even is the Arctic? Like where did that name come from? There's a lot of mysteries I think just tied up in kind of um, yeah, I guess like kind of just like the like <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the yeah. mythology, you know. I finally have a good follow-up question. Is there any yeah. cross-reference between Antarctica <laughs> and uh, um, Atlantis? Is there any, like, crossed uh, pollination there? Or is that sort of, are they sort of, like, just separate, you know? Well, I think there's definitely room for speculation there to connect them. Um, we don't Because, wait, sorry, just real quick, sorry. But just, yeah, I'm, no. I keep interrupting you, but I, I, I know no, you no. have to. Because your mind no. is going to, like, have to. blow up. have to. Um, but you know, one thing that I was reading about just in my very like four minutes of research is that, um, and Antarctica and Antarctica is like scientists TM say that there is evidence of like fossilized trees, et cetera. And that it was definitely like a forested region at some point, whatever. So th- anyway, my point is, is like, there is some like, even like mainstream analysis that it was a very different whatever place it's yeah, yeah. and there's all these fossils there and like mm-hmm. they, they always find these fossils there so they're you know whatever anyway yeah even the rocks and soil are like different like the yeah. i don't know like there's there it's really interesting uh like even yeah you're right even the official science and penguins to me are fucking like really weird <laughs> i'm like really tripped out by them um uh, i don't know there's also like this red ice thing that happens there with like I don't know, some kind of like algae or some kind of oxidation process that happens with these glaciers. But you can find pictures of like bleeding ice in Antarctica, which is like really fucking creepy. Oh, um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of, yeah, no, a lot of anomalies. And you're right. There is um, kind of like this idea, I guess, of like lost or ancient civilizations that like the world was uh, older or that civilizations existed longer uh, ago in history than we officially believe, according to like the, the science, right? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know anything officially, right? About Atlantis like we can only really speculate to a certain degree about those but it's not a inconceivable that like well it's not inconceivable that you have to Atlantis. google this red ice a sorry keep going it's terrifying it's terrifying parts it's- of it uh, parts of it Antarctica are lush there is in the Ad- operation high jump the, oh, the Admiral Byrd thing in 1946 they do report that there's areas that are essentially like green in Antarctica so like that's in the official record we don't see pictures of those today but they 
are reported, right? Uh, and I think just kind of censored. Even today, though, officially, like Antarctica, part of it is getting warmer because of climate change, quote unquote, and part of it is getting colder at the same time. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. curious that that's even happening in, you know, in one continent, I guess. Um, so yeah, and I think it's very possible that climate the climate does change, right? The planet does go through changes through, I think because of solar, like, you know, changes. Uh, so it's very possible that Antarctica was, you know, once the home of a civilization, maybe they got frozen under the ice and like the Nazis came by and unthawed them. Who knows, you know, like who knows it's, it's possible. I feel like this is going to like, I feel like there has to be some Twitter accounts out there that are doing like Antarctic underground Nazi thriving, <laughs> like doing AI art of that. Well, actually, like Radfem Hitler's like avatar or whatever. Her, her DNA. Yeah, I mean, it is. is. That's what it is. It's like Hyperborean. Yeah, it's hollowed, and her whole thing, her thing is at hollowed turf. Um, oh, I just got that. Oh my fucking god, that's so funny. Yeah, it's hollowed <laughs> earth. It's hollowed turf. <laughs> that's really funny, actually. Props, props. props it's funny. a good ad. It's a good ad. Uh, okay. okay. Your prediction, your prediction. Okay, okay, okay. I think, I predict that in the near future, in our lifetimes, Antarctica will become opened up somewhat. And there'll be like some disclosures. I think they'll kind of, it'll be fake, right? Limited hangout. But I think there'll be some disclosures uh, about Antarctica not being what they said it was. Maybe about lost worlds, other beings, like who knows? I think it may even be more likely to be this than the alien invasion that will be faked. I think it could be something around Antarctica. I think I predict men will be called to seek out lives of adventure in Antarctica. I think they'll be like drawn and allowed to kind of go on like expeditions. Um, I think a lot of this will be cover for natural resource exploitation because there's a, in the Antarctic treaty, they're not allowed to do any uh, mining or drilling or anything like that in Antarctica until uh, 2048. It's it's part of this thing called the Madrid Protocol. Uh, so that expires in 2048. So they can start doing industry essentially in Antarctica. So I think they'll have jo- like basically a jobs program. I think it'll be a lot of like really scary, risky jobs to go do in Antarctica. And I think you'll see people on that continent for the first time. Uh, I think there will be like people called to expeditions, like. I don't know in the like lost they'll send know, all the incels over there something I think I think it'll be allowed I think it'll be like yeah what essentially yes they'll, they'll be allowed the uh, encouraged to go and basically you know risk their lives and be called really truly to adventure uh, to see if you know maybe they can get to this like lost world or whatever I think it'll be an op I don't think I don't think they'll be allowed to actually go past past like whatever the the, the radiation belt I think there are beings that can help people get through there but I don't think uh, these explorers will largely be, be like allowed to go to the, the other worlds. I think they'll be like sacrificed uh, to these, like to the to the ice people or whatever. But I do think there will be a lot shifting and changing uh, ways that we think about Antarctica in a number of ways. And I think yeah, it'll be related to some kind of like like yeah, blue beam slash like alien invasion type up. Maybe they go with a lost civilization one instead. Well, even just on a more um, like mainstream level you know like with the planet warming blah 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 i've already seen posts of like x y and z area is going to be uh, you know colonizable in our lifetimes in the like arctic regions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so who knows like there could even just be like a bill gates is like 
I'm building a super like <laughs> safe haven, <laughs> Antarctic. Well, you know, remember like, when Trump wanted to annex Greenland? That was like such a good idea, or whatever. I don't know if he really wanted to, but it was like a joke. But he kind of tweeted about it, 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 which I thought was kind of incredible. I think that we should take it. I think it's rightfully United States. I think Greenland it's will probably be probably like how much could it cost? You know. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing though there's a lot of like both polar regions and i think they're both like i'm thinking now about the polar regions so differently even in like a globe earth situation they're very interesting yeah you know Antarctica has i learned this uh solar light or northern lights but they're in the south they're called something different like uh aurora australialis or something but they have like that weird effect that like kind of mm-hmm. um strange light dancing kind of show and it's it's just they're very interesting areas um, I think one other interesting thing, like they, they were kind of perceived even before anyone even knew they were there. Like people speculated about not only the poles existing, that they were frozen. Um, I, I shared a passage with you, Job 38. Uh, I, people are interested to take a look at that scripture. It's interesting, but it talks about essentially like the, the, the polar regions. It's being cold. It talks about the, the pole star being connected to like frozen areas. And it's interesting to me that they would, uh, perceive that you know at that ancient yeah, how would they even like concept. know how would these people in the middle east even like <laughs> exactly so it, it's secret, you know a secret knowledge about antarctica that or a secret history that's kind of been transmitted but isn't uh, recorded in our, or understood by us like kind of today um aristotle also like he's I think he used like kind of hermetic wisdom, but he was like, there must be an Antarctica essentially because I guess by that time they had kind of figured out that there was a, a cold region up North. And he kind of speculated the, in the existence of Antarctica in like three BC. And it's, it's just interesting to me. There's a strange like connection. Yeah. What about um, <clears throat> my friends, another schizophrenic friend i still think it's funny that early in our relationship i asked you if you were actually another like schizo friend has talked a lot about like polar shifts or something Ooh. like something that could happen that would like fuck us and like apparently this isn't completely conspiracy this is like actually like a sort of mainstream idea too, but like something could happen where there's like a polar shift and like everything is like, I don't know exactly what happens to be mm-hmm. honest, but th- it's yeah. not good, I guess. Good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I certainly Bill Gates is trying to cause with this planned yeah. removal of the Allen belt. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I don't know. This is actually a good idea. I'm actually pro this idea. I support Bill Gates. <laughs> to get rid of the Allen Bell. Do that. Fuck the vaccine shit. Go get rid of the Van Allen Bell. We don't need it. <laughs> um, so what's the Polish shift stuff, though? Like, what do you know about that? I don't know. I think, okay, so yeah, the official, the officially, uh, yeah, there's poles, right? And they could uh, shift. I think that's, I think even as scientists said, they've shifted in the past that, like, essentially the North and South Poles have flipped. There's something weird about our poles, right? Because they're wonky. Our planet is wonky. It's off center. It's not perfect, which is unfortunate. Right. But it, it will get there. I, I do believe we'll. All, I do believe we'll actually one day we'll shift our poles back to be uh, to be proper. But I, whatever happens, happens with those. Uh, the idea is that when they shift, it causes a lot of cataclysm. Um, I think like geological like kind of uh, yeah. events happen and such, like earthquakes and volcanoes and like things just get like literally topsy turvy, upside down. Um, so they are considered like cataclysms. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. There's a lot of predictions around that in like kind of um, 
you know, like esoteric traditions or even like kind of ancient, like I feel like Native Americans have said things about that kind of translated as polar shifts, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I have no prediction specifically there. I kind of think it's a little bit personally like overly hyped and kind of like too, okay, if the polls shift, the polls shift, like what are you going to do about it? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> really about know. It. Um, I, mean, like I guess the volcanoes. What about? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna just do like a rapid fire question round. What about Antarctica and Pangaea? What are your thoughts on Pangaea? <laughs> Pangaea, I guess like the idea of one continent. Um, well, because that's that's the idea. That's why they say Antarctica used to have trees, right? Is because it was like in Pangaea. And it wasn't all the way down there, all frozen up, right? Isn't that? Am I wrong? Is that not I what they're saying? Is that not what they're saying? I don't know what they say. I don't know what they're, what they're <laughs> there. I think it's very. I think it's pretty possible. That, yeah, that the continents have changed. I, I'm always skeptical of anything that is like the science version of it, though. It's always, it's always like not a lie. It's kind of like my theory, but it's a very much not the whole truth. And uh, it's, it's carefully selected and carefully chosen words to convey one meaning when it's really they understood to be something else. So if they say it was because of Pangea, they maybe I don't know, there, there's probably much more to that story uh, than they're telling us. Because I, I do believe that there is like, not just Atlantis, but multiple ancient civilizations prior to that. I think uh, we are like in the like, third or fourth version of like existence. Yeah, I mean, the idea, it's kind of like, what they claim is kind of, this is like really goes to Antarctica, but what they claim is kind of crazy that like we reached behavioral modernity a hundred thousand years ago. And then basically for 94,000 of those years, we just stayed mm-hmm. hunter gatherers, even though like we were genetically modern humans. Um, and then suddenly 6,000 years ago or whatever, seven, 8,000 years ago, there's an agricultural revolution and then we build cities. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that for 94,000 years, we were already with the, the brains and stuff we have now, but we were just like, derp, 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 like hunting, <laughs> hunting and gathering around. Like, like it just doesn't, I mean, I guess that's because, and you know, they would, I guess people would argue with me like, and say like, well, you're just, you lived in such an intensely warped speed time where from like the eighties to now, which is like the range of time I've lived in, there's just been huge technological advancements. So you're just used to these like leaps since and we discovered Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It just, it never really, I didn't really make sense to me. Cause I was like, how do we know that for 90 to 4,000 years, there wasn't other stuff. I mean, surely there could have been, and it could have gotten destroyed or all sorts of things could have happened. You know, the Sphinx is right there. The Sphinx is known to be older than the pyramids. Like Egyptologists, not Western ones, but really Egyptologists say it's like 800,000 years old. If you talk to like a Vedic like person, like a a Vedic, like Indian scholar or whatever, they say their shit's like hundreds of thousands of years old. So it's a really very Western view, (laughs) you know, that it's only 5,000. I think the 5,000, like to me, it makes more sense that it's like, you know, like the, remnants of kind of like uh some kind of catastrophe just like it's written down in every uh tradition and like like culture right that there is some kind of flood or disaster that like what we saw uh is kind of like the beginning of civilization that we're taught is really kind of like the restart of it and you're right it doesn't make sense i'm not an evolution person but isn't it officially it's like oh people came from africa but then they like walked thousands of miles and like didn't do any civilization until they got to like the middle east and then they're like oh now we'll start a civilization now that we're like out of africa <laughs> it seems racist to me i don't think that that makes a lot of sense but like i guess you can believe that if you want to 
They don't seem to have a whole. I mean, I, I've never seen anything that like definitively. <laughs> well, and Q is a, a vocal out of Africa skeptic with his. Um, yeah, no, you broke it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my 23 and me thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But I mean. Are different. Yeah, the races come from, I think, Atlantis and beyond. I think that's what makes more sense is that there's ancient and more ancient civilizations. Like there's like Lemuria you hear about and like just different uh, iterations of civilization that kind of rise and fall. That makes more sense because we have such a diverse like population on the planet. There's so many different races. The idea that they all started out black makes no sense. I'm sorry. I think it's I think it's cooler if they like all sort of developed in their own place. Like, yeah. I actually think that's like a more rad idea, and it, I don't think it's like racist at all. I also have noticed recently. Have you guys? I'm sure you have have noticed this. Um, I know Basil talks about it too, but like they've really been pushing out of Africa like hard. Like now they're like all the all of the Swedes were actually black. Like only seven thousand. <laughs> they got there. Yeah, they were all black. <laughs> well, they, they, they they Sweden. I saw this. They actually put out some like on Swedish television, like a history of Sweden kind of thing. And then they, they actually cast like black actors to play like the early Swedes. And they did the, they also did that horrible BBC song. We were always like Hamilton has really been such a, like a decimation for the culture, but they did sort of like a Hamilton esque like song of the, the sky singing. Like we were always, it's like a kid's thing, but it's all about how like Britain was always black. And I'm like, okay. Okay. I have a hot take that this is just validated for me. It's very spicy, but I think blacks, black or sub-saharan africans let's say not all blacks because that's another thing what is black africa is a very large continent there's north central and southern africans right there's not all one race i think this black what we call that is the newest race i think they're more recent than we even realize or understand maybe i shouldn't say all this but the reason that i think it's valid is because of law of inversion right everything they teach us is like the opposite so if they're making such a big deal about how like everything came from this ancient like african like source to me it's reasonable to infer maybe that that's like you know a little bit too heavy-handed and to get myself out of a corner it actually is not that bad if they're the most recent race because it actually like makes a sense they've actually in my view accelerated very well in a very short period of time compared to the other ethnic tribe <laughs> and races. So actually I'm giving black people a lot of credits. I think that they're kind of just like the cool new version of what's, you know, been going on for thousands and thousands of years, like different, you know, strains and types and, and flavors of humankind. Was that racist? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that under the lib- liberal definition of racism, <laughs> you can even be racist. <laughs> Fair, no, well, no, well, fair, fair enough. But I, mean, I do we're feel going, like we're going with one drop rule, pool house. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we were still. We're not. We're. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, mystery me people. This is a common thing. Like you don't ever get it cut your way. Like when it's one drop rule, it's one drop rule against you. When it's like, oh, it's cool to be a minority. Now you're white. Like it's just, it just never works out for mystery. Yeah, you're white. Uh, you have the white passing and stuff like that. So you never, it never really, it never really breaks in your favor. It's like when it's time to discriminate, discriminate when it's <laughs> exactly when it's exactly. time for the reparations it's you you're you don't get the reparations. <laughs> thank you and that's why i i predict the american uh fascist the american hitler will be a mixed race uh fascist that's my oh, definitely. Like, it won't be a white nationalist it'll be like ex- appointedly 
mulatto, a pointedly mixed person. Oh, maybe an Indian. What is it? Chinese? No, I, the American oh, Hitler is definitely going to be a white Latina. Hundred percent. Oh my god! Is it AOC? Yes, she's going to look like she's going to look AOC-ish. I don't think it's literally AOC, but it's going to. It's she's going to have that vibe. Oof. That makes Oof. the most sense if you think about it in our longhouse culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, or like, oh my god, it's Beyonce. It's a light-skinned black woman, and she's recently <laughs> she's recently white. She did do some skin lightening. Um, <laughs> I wonder what Beyonce thinks about Antarctica. Probably not a whole lot. Uh, I don't know, man. Her and Jay Z are like into mm-hmm. some shit. I don't yeah, know. maybe they have like. I do think that like. One thing I'm certain of, it, I don't know if it's in Antarctica or whatever, but I do think these like billionaire people have, I mean, they even talk about it. I think they have like crazy bunker things like set up in places and like Antarctica would be a great spot for that, you know? Antarctica has bunkers and where do all the other official bunkers get built it, uh, by billionaires? It's New Zealand and New like Zealand. Australia a little bit, but New Zealand, which is what the, one of the next closest places to mm-hmm. Antarctica. Yeah. And uh, you know what's, what's funny is on like, when I was looking on the old maps, there's somehow like the early maps sort of associated Antarctica with Australia. I don't know. Like, it was hard to explain. They called it like, they kind of like grouped them into the same I'm trying to, anyway, it was just like, I remember seeing a little bit of that. Like there was like almost yeah. calling Antarctica like Australia South <laughs> or something like, it was something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I they kind that. of thought of it as like the, you know, Australia is super weird too. Like what the fuck is in the middle of that? So I think that like you're, when you said that it sparked a flash and I think that maybe there was a uh, understanding. Well, I often think that a lot of those old maps, they had a different understanding of history than we do now so that they kind of construct it from a different viewpoint. But maybe they understood that Australia and Antarctica were part of the same like iteration. Like uh, there's like Lemuria, there's like Mu, there's all these different kind of myths about different lost uh, continents and lost civilizations. Maybe they really are. It's not far fetched to think that like, they're related, you know, like literally like geog- geologically related uh, continents. They kind of seem like mirrors of each other because we think of Australia mm-hmm. as like a vast, you know, empty, hot desert place. And we think of us, we think of Antarctica as like a vast empty. Oh yeah. Here I'm literally, okay, this is it. Okay. This is what I was reading. So I'll read it to you. The Australian Antarctic Territory is a part of East Antarctica claimed by Australia as an external territory. This is what I was reading. Um, It says it is administered by the Australian Antarctic Division, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, an agency of the Federal Department of Climate Change, Energy and Environmental Water. Um, and, uh, basically the territory's claims date back to the United Kingdom, 1841. Um, and it was transferred to Australia formally in 1933. Ooh, which is, which is international polar year too. They did that. Yeah. And it's, it's the largest territory of Antarctica claimed by any nation by area. In 1961, the Antarctic Treaty came into force. Article 4 deals with territorial claims, and and although it does not renounce or diminish any pre-existing claims to sovereignty, it also does not prejudice the position of contracting parties. Anyway, as a result, four other countries, New Zealand, United Kingdom, France, and Norway, recognize Australia's claim to sovereignty in Antarctica. (laughs) So I wasn't even wrong. Technically, according to this, you know, in 1933, it's like Australia... 
allegedly owns half of Antarctica. They and have it like split up. Yeah. Like, there's different stakes. So I think like a lot of countries do, but yeah, they have like their, they, I think have the largest share of like, of Antarctic's hmm. uh, real estate. I, there, I, is I like a, there is like a weird, yeah, there's definitely a weird association between the two, you know? The uh, 1933 thing is super crazy. That, yeah. a big year. <laughs> that year was the year that it was transferred. I mean, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> treaty like so there's the Atlanta, the antarctic treaty and it's part of like this i said like international law which is it doesn't sound that interesting but it's actually very very interesting and very weird it's aligned with also like this thing like the law of the seas or the international waters kind of law so uh, it's part of that there's also the moon treaty which i don't think it's been signed yet but there's like they're working on the moon treaty which i thought was really interesting and space treaties in fact antarctica treaty is kind of like the first iteration of like uh certain treaties we signed uh over what to do about space law essentially like who has sovereignty of you know rock like literally like rocks in space and like the sky is above us or whatever uh it's really interesting how this cooperation works and their and their treaties are all directly linked to like the Ant- antarctic treaty it's hmm. weird damn I'm, <laughs> it's kind of blowing my mind. That. There's so much too. Like you can't even, like I can't even tell you, like there's so much we could get to and could not get to. I will, I really think we should, I think we should share definitely this wiki I built with, uh, with the listeners because I, I'm sure I sounded like insane many times, even maybe more than usual in this episode, but there's a lot of interesting information that like, I don't know, just read it over and think about it especially in the context of the last like 75 years of history i think something pivotal happened with germany and antarctica the nazis in particular and i think that that is the source of everything that we're kind of like dealing with since then including i think like like yeah like the atomic bomb i I actually think now the atomic bomb energy came from whatever is in antarctica and our contact was like working with Nazis. I think that the U.S. was collaborating with uh, with the Nazis. That, definitely. And there was also one of the things that um, I literally was Googling as we're doing the episode. <laughs> um, some of the conspiracy theories that claim there's like a Nazi, you know, kind of stronghold in Antarctica has said that the U.S. and Britain have tried to use nuclear bombs to like root them out, but they they can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, weird... I was gonna say there ha- there has been a lot of nuclear tests right in and around Antarctica, mm-hmm. right? definitely, and that's that's what people say. They're like, it's not just tests; they're like attempting to sort of penetrate something or whatever you know i yeah no i think that well first of all high jump right the name high jump of the admiral bird expedition it kind of implies they're going to jump over something kind of like like an ice wall maybe so they like (laughs) there's something like to that and like they're shooting rockets over this ice wall kind of i kind of wonder if like when they go maybe there is space and they are going over like they're not going up into our sky they're going and rockets over the ice wall like into whatever it is that's out there um who knows? I don't know. But I, I don't know. I think it's really fun to think about. Uh, I used to think, and I think this is the other thing. Think about um, flat earth theory in the same way that you think about like anti-vax like five or 10 years ago, because I also have often had like kind of like a icky feeling about anti flat earth and it's really kind of very stigmatized and i don't even you know there's not much about it but all the content i have seen about it, it's really stupid and like not like uh really well researched and kind of comes across as hokey think about where your perceptions i guess come from because i think it's uh 
important. And the way that people react to uh, suggestions of any kind of alternative Earth theory or Earth shape is really interesting. It's maybe not as intense as the vaccine thing because it's not as emotional, but it's they're very dismissive and they're very much. I think it is pretty intense, maybe even more than the vaccine thing, because it, it truly is like you're just on another planet if you start talking about that. Yeah, you know? that's I mean, like, yeah. They're like that's who they make fun of the most. Yeah. But if you start to study history around this, not even that long ago, it was not that unacceptable to have these mm-hmm. views like religious christian it's a christian country who said this mm-hmm. to me earlier this evening like people believed in what the bible says they believed it very literally i believe god created this land that we're in they weren't really like open to this idea of a globe or earth uh, our concepts are more recent i guess than we mm-hmm. realize and um it, think about the censorship and stuff that we've lived through in like our life it, it doesn't seem inconceivable that lots of things could be papered over and i guess like distorted or even deleted or just uh, confused you know yeah i do want to call pool house out because he said happy holidays to me <laughs> I told you. Okay, listen. And that's what I said. That's what I said. This is a Christian country. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But there, I argue there is a happy holidays period that leads up to a merry Christmas period, which starts tomorrow, December first. I think it's because I'm a, like I was born. I'm a Thanksgiving baby. I was born. I was born on Thanksgiving, and so I feel like uh, I have an ownership over this part of the holiday, which is actually a superior holiday in many ways to Christmas, and because way less stress, honestly. And I think uh, I don't know. It's you have to honor this holiday and say Happy Holidays, and then you pivot to Merry Christmas on the first. Yeah, I see. I I was always even tried to was being very woke. He was even like, what about Hanukkah? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) then I said, just kidding. Fuck that. (laughs) And you're forgetting. You're both forgetting Kwanzaa. (laughs) Kwanzaa's crazy. Kwanzaa is the most made up bullshit ever. It's literally made up. Even black people say it's made up. So it 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 is. It's not like it is made up. Like they it's like a woke fake holiday that they like. Made gave a fake African name to like make it seem legit. It came from the International Geophysical Year in 1957. <laughs> wait, what if it came? It was wait. When did it happen? No, well, in all seriousness, it, it was, was like, like the, the same. Type it was like the civil rights era. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. When did they invent Kwanzaa? Okay, so 1966. So yeah, it was like it was yet. a peak like hippie civil. It was like totally like in the counterculture acid mm-hmm. days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when they came up with it. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, Kwanzaa's whatever. I feel like, who knows? I want to celebrate whatever they celebrate in, in Antarctica at the solstice. <laughs> I'm sure they do something wild for the solstice. It's probably an important holiday. It's probably dark as fuck there, right? Well, we I guess we assuming we don't really know. I mean, like, yeah, scientifically, it's very dark, right? It, yeah i feel like well i mean yeah i think there's like uh it's like what six months of the year is it bright and it's dark the other half of the year at the poles it's weird i know that about the north you know but you don't ever hear that's another thing you just don't hear much because no one lives there but i am very familiar that like in the arctic region like alaska even like very far north uh or, or norway or whatever like there's uh yeah a well, period of daylight uh for like most of the year and then a period of darkness for the other you know half. speaking of your penguins thing how the fuck do the penguins survive for six months with no light that's when they're in those big, that's when they're in those giant clumps, right? That's what they say. They like get all together in the clumps. 
No, they are fucking terrifying. I, <laughs> they're mean. They're mean. And they're, okay, I, there's a video. I, it's in my little thing. It's from like a 102-year-old guy who was on the Admiral Byrd expedition. He's like the oldest living survivor of the trip to the, the war with the Nazis in, in Antarctica. And they did like a local news thing. And they showed he had this stuffed penguin that he called, he had like a really weird name for it. Um, it looked like fucking, it was so creepy. He kept it for 80 years on from Antarctica. And I think he, derived demonic powers from it. it it was definitely giving me like monkey's paw vibes i i know i didn't like it oh my god do you want to know how tall emperor penguins are this is so scary guess guess before i tell you seven feet <laughs> no that would be say four, four feet tall they're five feet tall that's still pretty tall that's terrifying insane. that is scary to think about no, no. I think that they have a lot of penguin propaganda to get you to think they're, like, cute. And That's, like, the size of, like, a woman. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just a pretty small woman, but, like, I know women who are around that height. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it's like, no, that, that penguin can go on most roller coasters. Like, you know, it just, like, <laughs> it's, it's too big for an animal. I don't know. And I think there's bigger ones. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. How we feeling, boys? We went there. I think we did it. I think yeah, we, I think we did it. Too. Mystery. Good expedition. Well, well, I think you're gonna. Yeah. I think you gave me good dreams tonight. I love you. You're one of my, uh, if not my, truly my favorite poster. I might, I might really believe that. Um, Stop. I love you guys. You're too. definitely my favorite poster in the conspiracy, conspiracy realm. That's that's an easy. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Sure. I, jack of all trades and i appreciate uh the love and support i love you guys too happy happy holidays just kidding like oh, <laughs> happy holidays to um a and merry christmas to you q <laughs> i just it really feels great to always like uh be with you guys or as yeah. always and i just i uh, really admire you both i have so much love and respect for you and uh, i love the thoughts and prayers audience so merry christmas to the listeners also you guys are really cool yeah merry christmas guys it'll be firmly in december when this comes out so all right, boys, let's do it. We did it. All right.